the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Geyer, back with End Time Insights. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I believe it's God preordained that you listen to what we tell you. He loves his word. He loves when we eat his word, when we drink his word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. Your word have I hid in my heart, Father, that I would not sin against you. So I thank you, Lord that I'm able to give our family, your children, my brothers and sisters, your word. The word that we're talking on for the fourth consecutive week is in Matthew 24, a very prophetic chapter, 51 verses, I think. And it's really neat. It talks about the Jews, the punishment that's going to partake the Jews. The disciples were asking for it. So he wanted to tell them, ask and you shall receive. And so, uh, Don't forget, we started in uh, chapter 23 when Jesus walks out of the temple. He never goes back again. That is the end of the public ministry of Jesus Christ. And then we get into the early verses in 24 where the disciples uh, responding to Jesus' comments that the temple would be destroyed. And they want to know, well, when's this going to happen, Lord? And what's going to be the sign of your return? And when are you coming back? Don't forget, they thought he was here to deliver them from Roman rule. And he says that will eventually happen, but it's not going to happen now. And Jesus says, I'm not only the deliverer in the five cent throne, but I will also be your spiritual deliverer. And I came right now to deliver mankind, Jew and Gentile, from their sin. So we were reading uh, verses uh, four, five, six, seven, eight. I believe we get up to nine last week. And he had mentioned to them about the the warfare, the false prophets, the rumors of war, nations and kingdoms rising against one another. He talked about the famines and the earthquakes that were going to take place. And he was answering their question, when will these things happen? What is the sign of your return? And yet he put all of these things, the earthquakes, the wars, the famines, he put all of those under the heading of the beginning of sorrows. And that's in verse 8, and the New American Standard Bible says, but all of these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. And so we were picking up over there where the birth pains, if you've ever been a woman in in labor, you'll understand that these are the signs that the baby's about to be born. And basically that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying when you see all these things happening, it doesn't mean the end is here, but it does mean the end is near. And so we want to make sure that you understand that because a lot of this stuff is happening. We've had two great world wars, and I put them under the heading of nation against nation. And we've also got regional conflicts everywhere, and that's where kingdom against kingdom. 
We've had several hundred earthquakes of magnitude large enough to be classified as large earthquakes in the last hundred years. Uh, We've got famines throughout the land. So the point I'm trying to make is a lot of these signs are already here, even though Jesus is basically focusing on the tribulation period. But let me tell you something about Jesus and God and time. You know, they look at time differently than we do. You know, there is no time or distance in the realm of the spirit. Basically, God sees everything at one time and everything that's ever been, everything that ever was. Matter of fact, uh, when he's writing, he put the Bible together and he talks about things in Psalms, perhaps. So he has Isaiah speaking about things uh, that will be taking place in the tribulation period. And he actually talks about them as if they've already happened. And that shouldn't confuse you once you understand that God sees everything currently. So if God is speaking prophetically about something that has not taken place yet, as if it has already happened, don't get bent out of shape. That's just God, and he sees the total panorama of time, and you and I are different. And I say that because I want to break this down properly for you so you understand Basically, it was Jewish believers that were asking Jesus the question, a Jewish Jesus, about when he was coming back. And so he's telling them, and he's telling them about all these things, about the wars, about the earthquakes, about the sufferings, even about the apostasy. We're going to get to that in verse 10. And yet us, we look at things differently because we're limited by space and time. And for example... We see, we have an order, right? We've always got biblical timelines, prophetic timelines. And yet for us, we have ordered them in this manner according to what we've seen in Scripture. Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and he actually has been slain from the foundation of the earth. But we thought he was slain 2,000 years ago. So does that help explain what I'm trying to say? Even though he was literally slain from the foundation of the earth, as far as mankind is concerned, it didn't take place till 2,000 years ago where the earth had been in operation under man's so-called rule for 4,000 years. And so as he's talking about things here in the future, they've already taken place as far as he knows. But for our benefit, and we explaining this to you without confusing you, the natural order of things before Christ returns, there are certain things that have to happen. So 2,000 years ago, Christ came. He paid the penalty for our sin. He defeated sin on the cross, and he died, and he was raised again from the dead. Upon that, then he sent the Holy Spirit, and he created the church. And so the church has been working here for God on the earth for roughly 2,000 years. Now, as the church age comes to a close, which is quite shortly, the church age ends at the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church, biblically speaking, can come any time. But see, the point I'm trying to get to is I'm not sure that God marks these events as we do. Because, like, we've got, okay, the rapture of the church is going to happen. And then in Thessalonians, it talks about the fact that After the rapture of the church, there will be a great time of apostasy. The man of sin will be revealed. That's the Antichrist. And then Israel will be judged. And then the end will come. Christ will return with the church, with the angels, and he will judge mankind. And we will enter into the millennial reign of Christ. That's how we break all that down. And that's how we see it all. And yet now, 
as we're studying Matthew 24, and as I'm reading these verses, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, verse 9, let me read that. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted, they shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So we could actually put that, don't forget he's talking to the Jews, but they're also believers. So, (laughs) you know, there will be believers in the earth during the tribulation period. I'm going slow. I want to make sure I explain everything to you. The rapture of the church is when Jesus removes his church before the tribulation period, which is basically the judgment of God upon the Jew and the Gentile nations that rejected Jesus as Messiah. Now, we break that down into times. We stick the rapture in there and we look at things. Okay, well, then these promises can't be for the church because we're not going to be here. And then we say, well, they're only going to be for the Jew. And yet we see the fact that we are already going through wars and tribulation. We've we've gone through two world wars. We're in the apostasy right now. Now, The apostasy is the falling away from the truth, biblical truths. For instance, there's man and there's woman. That is a biblical truth. It's not a world truth. It's not a carnal truth, but it's a biblical truth, a spiritual truth. There's a man and there's a woman. There are two genders. And yet, we're actually experiencing in our government in America, uh, we are trying to promote that there's more than two. Basically, you decide which gender you want to be by the way you feel that day. And so the point I'm making is, even though we are not in the tribulation, these things are taking place. Now, they will be increasing in frequency, and these sins and abominations will be increasing in the rapidity in which they follow one another. They'll be increasing in strength. But in the meantime, they're happening now. And I want to promote to you that Jesus doesn't make the separation, so to speak, like we do. Well, this is pre-rapture and this is post-rapture. No, I think he just flows in the prophetic timeline right along. And at some place in that prophetic timeline, he does remove the church for his purposes. So when we read the things that are happening that Jesus is telling them that's going to happen in their judgment for the Jew during the tribulation period, it may seem like, well, we're going through some of this stuff right now. No, it doesn't mean we're in the tribulation. It just means that these are the beginning of the birth pains. You know, when the woman goes to have a baby, it's nine months, give or take, and maybe only in the last few days does she experience the birth pains. But it's not you have a birth pain at 8 a.m. and at 8.15 you have the baby. These birth pains go on for an extended period of time and then the baby comes. Well, the beginning of sorrows or the birth pains that Jesus is talking about the Jews, they go on. My belief from what I'm reading from Scripture is they happen before the rapture of the church. The church is removed. The restraint of the Antichrist is removed. And then these birth pains will increase in intensity and frequency. I got that out. I think I said that exactly the way I wanted to. Shocking. Thank you for your help, Lord. So let's go to verse 8 once again. All these are the beginning of sorrows, right? The wars, the rumors of wars, the uh, kingdoms rising against one another, famines, earthquakes, all of these, many people being misled by false prophets. These are all the birth pains, the beginning of sorrows, the birth pains. They signal the end is near, not here. So at some point, God removes the church. And then in verse 9, we see where Jesus talks to the Jews and he's telling them, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and they shall kill you 
and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now, that's serious stuff, and we are well into the tribulation at that point, in my opinion. But on the other hand, they've been murdering Christians for 2,000 years. Matter of fact, the number that stands as the last count was 70 million Christians have died in faith for their faith. That's a huge number. That's a terrible number, but it's here and it's happening. But it also is an earmark of the tribulation period. Verse 9, don't forget, where's verse 9 in context and where Jesus is speaking on his timeline? Verse 9 comes during the beginning of birth pains. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So we in America, we've got it pretty easy, although that's changing. But in the Middle East, they're losing 100,000 Christians a year to death, persecutions and sufferings. And it's important that we understand that because the church, no, we are not in the tribulation. But the birth pain, it comes before the rapture and it will continue after the rapture. That's the point I want to make. Verse 9, after then it's in a chronological sense, and it means after the beginning of sorrows, following the things that were described in verses 4 through 7. Then this great tribulation will come. So the tribulation's moving along, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Remember, there's going to be stars falling from the skies, mountains being moved. Hell is actually going to be emptied out onto the earth with a demonic spiritual army that bites us like scorpions. It's a terrible time. Let me also make this analogy, though, because there will be believers in the tribulation period. Okay, so you've got the church. Right now, God sees three people, three groups of people in the earth. He sees the Jew. He sees the church. And he sees what's called the goyim, or the Gentiles, the people that have not received Christ, that are still not uh, Christians, and yet they might not be sold out evilly. They are still here indecisive in their decision, okay? So he sees the Jew, he sees the Gentile nations or the Goyim, and he sees the church. He does take out the church before he judges Israel. That's just who he is. He takes out the church before the Antichrist is revealed. It's my belief, according to Thessalonians, that the church, the Holy Spirit in the church, is restraining the Antichrist from being revealed, But once he takes out the church, then the Antichrist is revealed. Many people are saying that the church has to go through the tribulation. The church does not go through the tribulation. The church has their time, the age of the church, under the grace age. And then the Antichrist has what's called his time. In his time, he will be revealed. In his time of the Antichrist is totally different in the time of the church. They cannot coexist in the same time frame. They're different. It would be impossible Basically, based on the scriptures that say he will not be revealed until the thing that's withholding him or restraining him is taken out. That's the Holy Spirit in the church. So they don't coexist at the same time. They are not contemporaries. Church leaves. Antichrist comes. Tribulation becomes great. Jesus returns and he destroys Satan and he destroys the Antichrist and he puts him in the lake of fire. Actually, Satan goes to hell. The Antichrist is hanging out until the very end when uh, he will be revealed for one more time. Then they all wind up in the lake of fire and we go into the millennial reign of Christ. But it's a terrible time. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 9, talking about the church won't be here. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so I want you to understand during the tribulation, people are getting saved. 
the tribulation, the grace age. The grace age covers Christ coming to the earth the first time. It encompasses the age of the church. And it also takes in the age of the tribulation, which isn't an age, but it's the time of the tribulation. So then you have Christ establishing the church under the grace age, and you have the tribulation taking place. And that's important under the grace age because people are getting saved in the tribulation. Understand this. I'm a believer. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been born again. He's washed me in the blood. My life is different. I've been changed. Behold, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm not who I once was. Jesus did not make someone who was bad good. He made someone who was dead alive. I am alive unto the things of God. It's called the new birth. The Holy Spirit has come inside me and filled me with his presence. I'm a new man. I'm a new creature. So the things that I once do, I don't do anymore. My old pastor, John Osteen, used to say, I sin all I want. I just don't want to. I'm a new man. And it's so true. So though, there are some people that think they are Christians that aren't. And it's like I said, it's a new birth. It's not making bad people good. It's making dead people alive unto the things of God. My spirit is alive unto the things of God. I read the Bible. It just explodes in my spirit, man. God talking to me deep, calling unto deep. He giving me insight. Uh, he's put a love of the word in me. Uh, I love the Bible. I get up and I'm doing this new thing again. I'm reading 10 chapters a day. I stopped doing it for a long time, but I'm back to doing it again. And it's really helpful to me. So anyway, there are people that think they're Christians that are going to be left behind when God removes his true church. Don't forget, there's actually the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven has real people in it or wheat and it's also got the false in it. It's got the tares. He says, don't take the tares out. He goes, the angels will do that. So we're growing up with people in the church who don't belong in the church. So when God does take the true church out, the people that thought they were Christians that weren't, they will be here. The people that followed religion and never built a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, but relied on their religion to save them, they will be here. They will miss the rapture of the church. And then there's good people thinking they never needed a Messiah that think they're good, that will be here also during the tribulation. This is so great. I love this. The greatest revival, the greatest ingathering of the church is not going to take place before Jesus comes. Well, it actually it is, but it's not going to take place before the rapture of the church. It's going to take place after the rapture of the church when all of these groups of people that I just spoke about, the, the religious people, the people who have followed false doctrine, and the people who are good people that really didn't follow Satan, but they hadn't heard about the Messiah. They haven't made a decision for Christ yet. They will be here, but they will be getting saved during the tribulation. It's going to be a great time of revival. That's the good news. Millions upon millions upon millions, hopefully even billions, will be coming into the kingdom of God during that time for the final ingathering of the church. Unfortunately, though, where the church was removed before judgment, we got saved under grace. These people will get saved under judgment. They did not make a choice for God when they had the opportunity. Not a problem. God says, I've got a plan B for them. We will save them during the tribulation, but it's going to cost them their lives. Now, that's a terrible truth, and it's going to be a disgusting time. People are going to be losing their heads. They're going to be losing limbs. They're going to be burned. They're going to be slain. They're going to be sawn. I mean, you name it, it's going to happen to them as their faith will be tested. But thank God, Jesus says, he that endures till the end will be saved. So that's what we're believing God for. But I just wanted to set all of that scenario for you, that 
you know, the timeline that we've made of the rapture, it doesn't mean this can't happen before the rapture because it says it happens during the tribulation. No, the rapture of the church, it doesn't interrupt what God is doing. It just happens within what God is doing and it causes things to change. Okay, but we're not going to be here doing that. Yet, the way this is written, remember, he's writing to Jewish believers. People like you and me, we're believers. Those people started the church. So basically, they're my brothers and sisters. They will belong to the church, just like I belong to the church. So he's writing this to Jews as Jews mainly. But if you have insight and understanding, you realize he's also writing to me, to the church people. Okay, and these warnings I take for today, even though I'm going to be gone when this stuff happens, it's a warning to me today. So verse nine, we just read it. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Jews, believers, people that missed the rapture, that thought they were Christians. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall kill you and you shall be hated. So it's an important time and it's an important deal that you understand what I'm talking about. So they shall deliver you. Now, look, uh, the church, Peter, John, Matthew, those guys, Jude, Thomas, all these guys, they were killed for their faith. Everybody except John. I'm sorry. Paul was killed. Uh, Peter was killed. Andrew. They were all murdered for their faith. So basically what Jesus said to them has already been fulfilled. Everything that he talked to them about, they would be murdered for their faith. They are martyrs. And so when he told them, that they would be killed, it literally has taken place. But basically, it's also me. It's also we. If you miss the rapture of the church or if you get saved in the tribulation, those things will still be applicable to you. And if one needs proof that Jesus was talking was true, 11 of the 12 Jewish disciples were killed. They weren't killed, though, because they were Jews. They were martyred because they were Christians, because they belonged to the church. Very important. And yes, it's continuing to happen even today. We're already at this point now in Matthew 24, depending on which source you follow. Christians are murdered today in the Middle East, uh, probably near 100,000 deaths a year. I believe that though Jesus is speaking about the persecutions that will be evident during the tribulation, okay, they also apply to us as church folk today. So we see that Jesus puts all these events and conditions into the category of birth pangs still. Once again, He's not here, but he's near. In life, when the mother begins to experience the pangs of birth, that is the time when she goes to the hospital, yes? In biblical context, the rapture of the church has already taken place. We are in the early stages now of the tribulation. And yes, most definitely, mankind needs to rush to the hospital. That's our job. Matthew 24, 9 in the New American Standard Bible tells us plainly, Then they will hand you over to tribulation and they will kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name. So far, Jesus has led us to understand the chronological nature of what's happening. And we just want to continue on in this. Look at that. I didn't even get out of verse 9, my Lord. Uh, Where's verse 10? Verse 10. Hallelujah. And then many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another the New American Standard, and at that time many will fall away and they will betray one another and they will hate one another. At that time, what's he talking about? That's the time of this intense persecution and tribulation which earmarks the tribulation. It's then when many will fall away from the faith. They will be offended. They will betray one another and they will hate one another. Who is this? It's many Jews and it's the believers also that are getting saved there. 
This saying, actually, many will fall away, is one of those where it seems to have its most serious sense of a fall, which is not just a temporary setback, but involves abandonment of God's way and the loss of salvation. He's talking about you and me today. Like I says, Jesus doesn't separate pre-rapture from post-rapture as far as changing his plan. It's a continuous plan, and the rapture of the church is just one aspect of it as it moves along. But the danger for falling away is here to us now because of the persecution, because of being slain, because of the fear of wars and rumors of wars, because of the famine. All of this stuff is going to take place before we leave. It's already in place. I want to encourage you. This study on the book of Matthew 24 is amazing. I love it. It's like I'm reading about two times. What's the word? Two time frame. I don't know the proper way for it. There's the two times are living. They're coexisting. And the similarities are astounding. And yet the dangers that are going to take place and the warnings that Jesus gives to those in the tribulation, they apply to us today. That's the point that I want to make. I ask that you trust God, that if you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you repent of your sin. Ask him into your life as your Lord. He is your Messiah, too. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.